LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Perrett, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses, and live coaching sessions that empower women to become confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice, and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back, and let's get started. Good evening, ladies. I'm LWDG founder, Joe Perrot. I know there's lots of uh, new ladies in the group, so I thought I'd take a moment to introduce myself and what this little live is about. It's a 10, 15 minute live called Meet the Member, where each week we're gonna try to bring you a new society member for you to, to find out all about. Um, so I'm gonna start with welcoming Sue. Welcome, Sue. Hello. So Sue, whilst the ladies are giving us a little bit of love, can you tell me, how did you get into gun dogs? Yeah, so I um, had dogs growing up, like a lot of people. We had various dogs, including a Labrador and a Spaniel, Springer Spaniel. And, but never did any um, gun dog training or gun dog work with them. So I, when I got older and had my own house, I was wanted um, another Springer Spaniel. And so when I um, was working from home full time four years ago, I got my first Springer Spaniel and decided that I was going to do some formal gun dog training um, just for her, for fun and for me, you know, for something interesting to do. And that's where it all started. Okay, that's fantastic. So how did you find the Ladies Working Dog Group? Well, um, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, Becca Dustin, who's a friend of mine and also a member, um, sent me a message one night saying, check this group out. It's really exciting. It's got loads of really good stuff in it. And that was early 2019. And that was that. We were sort of just addicted to it from then and sat watching videos and um, reading various instructions on how to do things so yeah that's when it started three years i can remember you sort of joined us all the way back then because obviously we were a much smaller community but also we had our first ever gun dog training day and i got to meet you and i got to meet becca and it was like it was really it was the very beginning wasn't it we've sort of grown since that but but luckily we've sort of felt kept the same feel everybody's still you know getting to know each other so what made you want to become a member though it was sort of that feeling of community and the access to experts, really, um, who knew, um, you know, the information that I wanted to, to get. Um, I'd got various books and, and things like that, but having the access to instructional videos and the, um, the experts online um, is, is, you know, was brilliant. And also that community, because you can feel a little bit isolated and like you're the only person in your friendship group that talks about dogs all day long and everybody just looks at you a bit weird um so yeah that that community and um and access to the experts really i think the experts are what really makes it for me is the fact that you know on our like coaching when you ask a question there can be three or four or more experts and they can all give you similar information but they can all give you like a little extra tip and you're like oh 
that maybe that's the bit that's missing from what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, so that that is definitely um, invaluable. And also finding so many experts who not agree with each other, but will work together to for the common good. Um, yeah, so I'm fully behind you on that one. So what are your top tips for newbies in the gun dog world? I would say don't compare yourself to other people, um, either yourself or your, or your dog. Um, and don't feel like you have to rush. You know, you, other people might be at a certain um, point when their dog's a certain age and it's quite tempting to think, oh, I'm, I'm not there. My dog doesn't do that. Um, so, yeah, I think in hindsight now, I wish with my first dog, I'd just sort of taken it a lot slower and enjoyed it and just not thought I had to be at a certain, you know, benchmark by a certain age um, because you've got loads of time and it's more about making it enjoyable for you and enjoyable for the dog, really. I think most people listening to this in the open community will will agree that you know the first one if it is your first dog you think that you've got to get it all nailed by the time they're like eight or nine months old and you get that you know I, I, I joke with the kids and say it's comparison dust it's just like what's that person doing what's that person why am I not there but but like you said it's realizing each dog will take a amount of time but also I'm sure that you feel this too it's the fact that you realize it's hard to train a whole, uh, you know, train the dog to a fully trained dog in eight months where it's going to stick when they go through adolescence, all those things. As your knowledge grows, you start realising, oh, hold on, there's, there is no rush here whatsoever, is there? No, no. And I've done things differently with my second dog a lot different than with the first, um, you know, and just taking it a lot slower and really, you know, trying to get those basics embedded before we feel like we need to move on because every dog's different as well so yeah and like I don't know about you but on my first dog I was like dude it's all about retrieving it's all about retrieving and, yeah. and then I didn't spend without a doubt a time on like the, the solid stuff the steadiness the sit you know the things that need to be the the, the key to everything else working but again you you don't know what you don't know do you it's as no. time goes on you go ah. Oh, that's where I should have maybe spent a little more time. Um, so now that you are a society member, I say now for three years, right <laughs> since the very, very start, uh, you're a founder member, so our founder members. For ladies who are new to the group, founder members, when we started, we did a small window where people could join as well, we called founder members. And I think we've brought in 200 ladies who all joined within like a week and a half. And they are our founder members. And then we went on to sort of society squad membership. But yeah, so so as one of those over all our time, after everything that you've seen grown within the company and what we've done, how do you use your membership? So um, I use it um, for the masterclasses. So I always watch those when they come out. I absolutely love those. Um, and they're great to go back to as well, you know, um, and revisit at a later date. Um, the dog and ducks I absolutely love and during the pandemic and the lockdown that was my social life because you know joining a group of people um, a couple of times a month and we just literally sit and we don't have an agenda generally on most of them do we it's just no. has anybody got anything they want to talk about and then we usually get chatting for a, a good hour um, and that's great because 
you might not always come to that with a question, but someone will ask something and you think, oh yeah, that's a, something I hadn't thought of. You're always absorbing information from those. Um, so yeah, those are the, the main two things, things I think that, that I use it for. I think I'm quite similar to you because um, it is quite odd when you think, oh, well, I, I, I host it, but I'm in the same boat as everybody else learning as we go along. Um, I sort of find myself, I, I, I watch the masterclass as I'm lucky I get to watch it a little bit earlier as I'm editing it and then I watch it all and I absorb it and then that normally means like the week after I go and try bits of it and then that normally means by the time we hit dog and deck I'm a little bit like I'm stuck and then it's the really nice thing is whatever you've learned you've got the experts there to to help keep steering you isn't it it's not just watch a video go away it's watch a video go away then come back and ask for the expert advice on it yeah and that's the incredible thing I mean where else can you can you go and speak to more than one expert you know for, for you've got them for a whole hour you can you can sit and ask them anything you want it's just amazing and that it's just always been from from day one to now such a positive group of people so you can jump on a dog and duck and be t brand new to the group and it, it's you don't feel worried about asking a question there's no silly questions you know you don't no one will ever sort of tut at you and raise your raise their eyebrows and stuff it's all just just super supportive it's incredible and it's always been like that and i love that too in the fact that sometimes you know because the fact that they can ask anonymously i'll read out their anonymous question but by the time i've read out their anonymous question they've got you know they feel brave enough and they go they come off mute and they're like hold on let me tell you this and i'm like yes because again and it's it's making those friendships isn't it it's making those links and knowing that you've chatted to a couple of experts and those experts know you and what's going on with your dog and then you can come off and message them in your own time and chat to them and and then continue that conversation if it's needed yeah yeah oh yeah i've made loads of friends just through you know people within the society it's, it's brilliant so you know, you started as a founder member. We're luckily lucky to have you now as our regional coordinator, new position. So you are you help the regional organisers to get messages to me basically because I get super busy and you just collect all that data and run all that. How are you finding all that? Yeah, I mean it, it's great. We've got some things now going to be popping up in the diary. Um, we all have to get used to trying to arrange things again now that the world's opened up a bit and fingers crossed it stays like that um so yeah we've had some zoom calls um in some of the regions and we'll probably um continue with those um but try and get some physical meetups in the diary some first aid courses coming down the line as well which is really exciting Thank you very much for doing uh, meet the member before we uh, go and leave the ladies for this evening we always ask people, you've been very, very kind and given some time on a Monday evening to us. Do you have anything that you want to tell the ladies about you? Do you have your own sort of countryside business? What is there any way you can help the group other than the amazing work you already do with the LWDG? Yes, yeah, so um, I run a company called Field and Fireside. We um, supply gun dog training equipment. Um, we have an online store. Um, but yeah, I'm always there. Um, part of the ethos of the company really is is 
similar to the ladies working dog group there is no silly question we've all been new to training new to um to the gun dog world um you know people can ping me and ask me any questions any help they need with with where to start i'm not a dog trainer but when it comes to the equipment and customer service that's that's my bag um so yeah they can find us online um and on facebook and instagram as well and what are your handles on facebook and instagram um it's at field and fireside um and it's field and fireside on on facebook and fieldandfireside.co.uk is the website fantastic so thank you for joining me again thank you to the ladies uh, in the open community who have listened in we've got weeks and weeks and weeks so many society squad members have said yeah we would love to do this so we've got weeks and weeks and weeks of these lives so that we can chat to different people and you can get to know people um, and hopefully help the open community which is a really really big group now i think you're at 5.7 thousand in the open community we want you guys to get to know us all as well and be used to our faces and feel you can talk to us all because you can there is nothing clicky about the lwdg it isn't you know if your face fits every face fits and as long as you're happy and positive and, and you know want to be part of something that's happy and positive you're always welcome here so i'm going to end our live thank you very much sue thank you for being our second guinea pig on this and hopefully we shall speak to you all next week good night night hello ladies and welcome to another episode of meet the member and with us this evening is LWDG Society Squad member Petra Thurlow. How are you, Petra? I'm good, thank you, Joe. Yeah, all um, I'm healthy. I've avoided COVID so far. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed that continues. Well, I've got to be honest, I, I hope before you too, because I, I literally thought I'd got away with it. I am blaming crafts. Anyone who talks to me will know that I'm blaming crafts. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it wasn't the nicest of moments. Um, but enough about me, because this call isn't about me. This is all about you and how you got into working with gun dogs. So what is your background in gun dogs? Uh, so um, up until maybe 10 years ago, I suppose, well, nine years ago, uh, when we got our first working cocker, I'd never even considered, even thought about that sort of um, side of life, I suppose, really. I was more of a townie. Um, so um, sort of a real... Um, I guess whirlwind or whistle stop tour was I went to a friend's um, uh, baby shower and I desperately wanted a dog and I desperately wanted a show cocker, believe it or not. And um, I went to her, her baby shower and she had a brown one called Holly, who was wonderful. And I came back from that baby shower and I said to my husband, right, we're getting a dog and I'm going onto the Kennel Club website now and I'm going to find a breeder um, and um, found a breeder and um she wasn't very far away and i asked all the questions all the right questions and can i see mum and dad and all those bits and pieces and uh the last question i asked her was they are show cockers aren't they and she went oh no they're working cockers well the disappointment she must have been out of see heard it in my voice and i was like oh okay but they do make good pets she said so um that was it really and we went down to to see these this litter of puppies she had two left i couldn't decide so i got my husband to decide and um we came home 10 weeks later with Ronnie and um, it all started from there after going to a few lessons with um, the breeder after um, when he was old enough 
um, he said, you want to try a little shoot? And that was it. And we found a friend of mine who I worked with, her husband was into a very small family shoot and we've not looked back. So it's sort of been, we fell into it really. So there was you planning on having this um, <laughs> lovely little show cocker and then instead you've got this working cocker that's opened up a whole new world for you of, of, of activity and adventure. But how did you find the Ladies Working Dog Group? So uh, I think it just popped up on my Facebook timeline. Uh, it was just a really random thing and I joined so many of the other groups that are out there and um, I think for me is there's that whole thing where you watch, I'm a bit of a watcher on Facebook. So of course, you know, you watch all these conversations going, and I just thought I could never ask a question on there. Um, because there are so many people with opinions, but also that uh, can be perhaps not overly friendly. So for me, it, it, I, I was looking for something that was sort of super friendly. So I just kept Googling sort of, or going on to, um, Facebook and putting in, you know, um, working dog groups and stuff. And eventually I just stumbled across you guys and it's probably the best thing that happened because it's so it well as I say it, it, you are what you say you do what you say on the tin really for me so um no but it was perfect so that's how I found you that's really lovely that you went looking for this specific super friendly group and, and in the end you found us um because I, like you said that is probably the one thing we we strive for um so what made you go from just like finding the open community where we're sort of live now to going into becoming a society squad member? I think for me, it was uh, curiosity. I think it was probably the biggest thing in terms of there's more that I could get out of this. Um, I, I, so I had a really good gun dog trainer um, and um, he really encouraged me to go off and find as much information online as possible. He gave me lots of hints and tips. But I think for me, what I found was what you guys offered was all the little extra things that I could get my teeth into. He then told me he was moving away to Devon um, and that was almost like the the worst thing that could have happened. So um, for me, it was all the things, the the extra bits that you offered that made me think to myself, actually, I can get more out of this. Um, I can not self-teach myself but I can get lots more advice if I'm more inside the society and I've got that access to that sort of more exclusive group there's more content really for me to be able to focus on um, yeah. and I think that that's what really um, encouraged me to join the society really because it's it felt I guess a bit more exclusive but just it felt that I had the added extras and the more support I suppose really the open group's great um, but again there's a lot of people there and I think you just get that little bit extra when you join the society that you get that sort of more uh personalized experience should i say is probably the best way of putting it for me it, it does feel very tailored to my needs um, and that works really well for me because the society is such a smaller community in comparison to the open community i i know your names i know your faces and i think the other trainers and the other people we all sort of know each other's names and faces so there is that feeling more of surrounded by friends isn't it you i if i saw you in the street i would know who you were and i would stop and have a conversation with you yeah so it's, it's hard for me sometimes with that with the with the big group with the open group we're in now because there's just too many people for me to have, have become friendly with i suppose so how do you use your membership um i dabble in and out of the of the website i suppose really um i've, I've used it to um look at the master classes i've used it to um i guess 
just find lots of useful information the things that you you could spend your life googling looking for but actually it's on the website so that for me is what is a big bonus um i've used it to do the um hot mess handler um course so i've started sort of I sort of dip in and out of that as and when i can um and i think for me the membership piece for me is very much being able to share my successes so when it really works it's actually really nice to be able to go into the facebook group for example and share a success and get that sort of pat on the back from everybody um and sharing the funny things as well i mean that the amount of times i can sit there um i think claire shared her bloopers the other day and i think they're also on the the open community but there are things that just get shared on that you know within the society that just keep me howling really they just make me laugh so much but also there's that encouragement side for me where i use the membership to get the ideas i suppose really from other people it helps you to then try other things with your dog and i think that for me is probably uh, the biggest thing because you can canvas a hundred people for an opinion but actually when you're working as you say within that small group and you've got that specialized personalized feeling and experience within that environment i think that's what really helps is the fact that you know what you're getting so it's for me there's so much there the, the pod dogs are just brilliant um i get lots of enjoyment out of those um and again dog and duck um is fantastic i haven't joined the zoom side of things for a while but i've been a, a bit of a lurker watching sort of on the facebook side of things so yeah it, 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 you just get so much from it joe to be honest Oh, fab. And for you, what are you sort of, you know, you, you told us about your story, how you ended up in the world of, of gun dogs and, and how you've been progressing so far. But there's lots of new people who join our group every single day, whether that be in the open community or in the membership. What are your sort of top tips for newbies in the gun dog world? Um, okay, so I suffer with dreadful, like in, in my real life not just in my gun dog life but terrible imposter syndrome so um you know i always feel like i'm a fraud and i shouldn't be there and i think the thing for me in terms of um the lwdg is that for me it's the biggest tip i can give people really is don't don't have imposter syndrome in that environment everybody's learning all the time and nobody's perfect we're all perfecting a skill an art um, you know, something that we really want to be, we want to be good at. And I think that's, for me, that's what this group gives me. But I think equally, in terms of the outside world, I can take stuff away from this and, and play it outside. And so don't be afraid to try something new um, within sort of like a, that sort of gun dog environment. I mean, when I'm, I'm very, I suppose the only way to put it is I'm I'm very sheltered in terms of the experience I have within a shoot. So we go to a family shoot. It's the one we've always been going to ever since Ronnie was, I don't know, six, uh, uh, I don't know, at nine years old or what have you, at eight, nine years old. We've been to exactly the same shoot. They're like a family. Um, and we've just picked everything up as we've gone along. So don't ever be afraid to ask questions. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, I've been to one big commercial shoot, um, dabbling a little bit of hobby photography on the side. And um, I've been to um, a, a big commercial shoot and sat there with my mouth wide open. I'm surprised I didn't take an entire drive of birds with my mouth sort of like <laughs> aghast at how many birds there were. But um, I asked a lot of questions on that day of the keeper, um, of the shoot captain and everything else to make sure that 
I got my etiquette right because there's so many things, so many lines that you shouldn't cross. And unless you ask those questions when you're out there, then, you know, for me, you're going to put a foot wrong and it, it, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be the person, that one person who takes their dog's lead off too soon. And it has that impulse to just run and sends off all the birds on a drive. So it's, it's always good to ask as many questions as possible and just, and don't feel intimidated by people. You know, we're all learning. Nobody's perfect. I think that's my biggest thing. This isn't a question I think I've asked before, but I'm fascinated in now. In fact, that before you had Ronnie then, had somebody said to you, you know, or so many years down the line, you're going to be spending your Saturdays between the torrential rain with your dog, standing in lines, uh, like pushing birds towards guns, what would you have said? I think um, if, the, the being outside thing for me isn't unusual because I'm I've, I'm horsey anyway. So and I'm a person who loves to be outside. So that for me probably wouldn't have been too much of a surprise. But going into that situation of saying to me, I'd be putting my dog into you know a thick cover and trying to drive birds towards people that might want to shoot them out the sky, I'd, I probably would have gone, oh no, I, I wouldn't do something like that. Uh, and I recall kind of like the first. So I remember of probably the first or second time we ever went. I'll just tell this this story. I don't want to obviously take up too much time, but um, so we, we, we obviously the, the ideal is is that you you kind of create a horseshoe to bring all your birds in, and then you drive them obviously straight up, and hopefully they go up and they go over the guns. And um, we we were doing this drive, and. Um, it's called Deadwood. And in the, it's, so you bring all the birds in from around the fields and they all come into this little wood and then you push them through the wood and the guns are lined up in the bottom of the valley. And I remember coming and bringing down there and I'd worked really hard on Ronnie being really close. And we'd been to work in a rabbit pen several times so, so that he would obviously be exercise his self-control and be really steady. And I just remember seeing all these pheasants running around and thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm just going to send all these birds up to their death. And it was the thing that went through my head. It was just like that whole realisation. But actually, to be perfectly honest, as I now know, on our shoot, pretty much most of the guns couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. So to be honest, out of this, you know, we, don't, we never get a very big bag, but everything that went up, I would have thought probably... It, we, even we would have been even lucky if we'd taken one percent so, <laughs> so so for me it's it, you know it, that, that whole thing you know uh, it isn't so much of a big deal anymore but it's it is a really funny question joe because every season i go back to it and there is that element of me of not guilt but why am i doing this um but it's like being part of a family community it's it's i think that's what it is it's not necessarily that it's the people as well that just yeah make that you know you're just so ha- i'm just so happy to see them it and, and they're and they are all good friends now because they you know they really are all people that you know you might not see all all year and then you see them at the start of the season and then it's it, you know it's just that whole warm feeling of getting together with everybody again it's it's great it's one of the nicest things i think really for me um, I, um my my brother believe it or not we we come from a, a rural family that have we hunted on on horseback um and my my brother used to shoot rabbits for the table and stuff and then he 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 still is i think vegetarian but he went through a phase of being very 
not anti-hunt, but he sort of walked away from it a little bit. And he always says to me, oh, about chicken chasing today then, Joe. And he makes me laugh with it. But um, yeah, there, there is a perception of what it's going to be like outside of people doing it. And then what it's like inside is, is very, very different. Um, but yeah, I totally get what you say about it. Because at the end of the day, you're, you are part of the process and the circle of life, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we don't, our little, as I say, our little shoot is just a family shoot. So we don't get paid. Um, we go and stand in the rain and come come home and get a stinking cold for two weeks just for the joy of it, you know. But we we always get offered a brace of birds. And I think that's the whole thing for me. As I say, we don't have a massive bag, so we never get a massive bag at the end of the day. But there's always enough birds that everybody gets to take a brace home. We all use our, um, you know, we all reuse and utilise what we, what we eat, what we shoot, basically. And I think that for me as well is, it makes it feel sort of, I guess sustainable or you know it, yeah. it, it makes it feel as if it's okay to do it. it even though to be perfectly honest if I went on a on a any other shoot I'd probably feel exactly the same way it's just that whole for me it's that enjoyment it's the camaraderie of the day yeah. um you know we're very lucky that our beaters guns and picker uppers we all mix together everybody has lunch together everybody you know goes in the wagon together you know we all have banter together there's no there's no division on our shoot but Having done the commercial shoot that I went to do the, the photographs for that time, the beaters all went off to their little hut to have their pheasant stew or whatever it was they were having for lunch. And the guns all went off and obviously had sort of a nice lunch somewhere else. So there, there is that, I guess there is that part of it, but that's all tradition. And I kind of like that whole part of being part of a something that's, I don't know, been going on for yonks. You know, it's, it's just that whole thing for me where you're part of something that's, that's, steeped in history and I think that for me as well is is also really nice you know far more birds get run over or you know taken by foxes or whatever than than the majority do on shoots you know so I think for, for me as well it's it, it also makes it feel like it's just nice to be part of that community it's just I just enjoy it and I definitely think you know you you hit a, a really good point on there is like if you look at the work of like the British Game Assurance they you know they are piloting work now with the this year they've had uh carcasses fairs and carcasses going into the nhs and now patients are getting it because of this added um i'm not going to pretend like i'm a nutritionist because i'm not but within pheasant there's like additional selenium i believe it is which is really really good for people when they're recovering and things like that and then that's all part of the sustainability and sustainability is an important conversation to have and like i know you joined us in the game fair last year when we did the exhibition you re were very um, helpful and you volunteered your time but it's it's understanding you know, you may be sitting and looking with your little dog and saying, how does this affect me and my little dog? But the reality of it being is, the dogs that we have have been bred so well for the job they do. Yeah. And if there is no job, do our dogs end up being like a show dog? What will happen to their evolution? Because, you know, the reality of it is, yeah. the best of the dogs are kept to build better working breeds, better trialing breeds all the time. And I'm not going to pretend to be um, an expert on that side either because I'm not, but I do feel that it's very much all intertwined and being part of, um, even if you train a working dog with no intention of ever taking it out on a shoot to work it, it is important to understand 
where it came from and what its role is to understand why you're training it. And I think every single lady in this group somewhere feels that without a doubt because otherwise they wouldn't be in here looking for training and i think that should be you know commended at the, at the highest level um tracy's just said low cholesterol so yeah pheasants have got low cholesterol as well so all that stuff is all very very good so i'm not going to keep you any longer because our five to ten minute conversation petra has turned into <laughs> a, a guest q a bless you Sorry. thank you very very much for the conversation <laughs> if anybody wants to find you get hold of you how do they do it? Is it? Can they contact you on Facebook, things like that? Yeah, I'm more than happy for anybody to sort of contact me via Facebook and, um, you know, if just contact me through Messenger or find find me in the group and just message me on the group. I'm more than happy for anybody to just sort of drop me a message and I'm, you know, as I say, um, always happy to answer any questions, tell you about my disasters um, or about my successes, I suppose, really. So, yeah, it's, um, I'm always more than happy to to share or help anybody so yeah it's always about, all about making friends as far as i'm concerned well we thank you very very much for your time this evening thank you to the ladies in the open community listening i hope you've enjoyed i hope you've in, um, enjoyed petra's input into it give us some hearts give us some like let us know if this is feature this is a feature that you like seeing our little faces turning up every week and doing another <laughs> meet the member and um, i'm going to stop the live stream in the facebook group now but thank you very much for your time and good night evening ladies to another episode of meet the member so if you're new to our open community you may not know who i am i'm joe parrot i'm the founder of the ladies working dog group tonight i've got with me one of our society squad members min flemington she's going to be telling you all about her um journey with gun dogs and her top tips etc um but if you haven't been around before and you don't know what this is all about it's just really really quick short session for you to find out a little bit more about what we do how are you this evening min yes fine thanks joe how about you very good very busy and looking forward to doing our guest q a which we start um at half past eight but i'm more delighted about sitting down again to chat to you um because we see each other all the time it's very rarely we get a chance to have a one-to-one -one conversation isn't it? it that's right so i wanted to start out first of all what is your background with gun dogs and my background with gun dogs is not long long established my family always had dogs um but we always had terriers and um, my grandfather shot but from when i was small he never had a dog to go shooting with um we got our first family dog probably a bit over 20 years ago when I was mid late thirties. That was the first dog. I'd always loved them, but that was the first dog I was in charge of. Um, my husband had shot as a boy, but had quite a lot of years not shooting. Um, got back into a small syndicate around us in Kent. So that first Labrador we had, um, I took him and dragged young kids beating, really enjoyed it. We then, about six years later, um, got a pup and I thought I'd quite like to have a go at this picking up business. So got really into that. Uh, just on our small local shoot, very, very tragically, that pup I had, he, um, he died at only three out on a shoot with a twisted intestine, which was tragic. But I was determined not to let it put me off. And in fact, um, all the guns on the shoot, they were really kind and bought me my next pup Aww. about six months later, which was really special. 
and um, he was the one we just lost before Christmas. So he was probably my biggest driver for gun dog work. And yeah, just carrying on. So I've sort of been involved for about 15, 20 years, but I'm only on my fourth dog. So I love it, but would be a novice compared to lots of your members. I think as well, when you've sort of gone from one dog to the next dog or a small number of dogs, it's a completely different journey to those who maybe have a kennel full, isn't it? Um, so how did you find the Ladies Working Dog Group? Well, that's interesting. My great friend, um, Jo Cuddy, who I think was an early member, she's one of my picking up pals on our shoot, and she must have sort of tagged me in the early days to the open community. But I just didn't realise there was a society as well. So for probably a year, maybe even nearly two years, I was just saw these posts, followed them, occasionally posted something. And then Joe said to me last summer, when what, oh, we had a clay day and I met her there and she went, have you ever joined yet? And I'm like, oh, no, perhaps I should. So I went home and joined and I love it. Never looked back, you know, made lots of people I count as friends, even though I've not met many of them in the flesh and have learned so much and found it really helpful. I think the camaraderie we feel is definitely a real thing, isn't it? I, you know, if I saw you in the street tomorrow, I would stop, I would hug you, we'd go for coffee. It is true friendship. Um, and in Crafts This Weekend, meeting some of those ladies, like Claire Daniel, it was the first time I've ever met Claire. And people oh were like, really? And I was like, yeah, this is the first time we've seen each other. But we've all, I think, together built the society into this, like, well, we are true friends, aren't we? Um, so you've told me a little bit about what made you want to become a member, but what what are your best bits? Which bits of the of the society do you get the most out of? This is really cheesy, but I love it all. But initially, I got a lot out of all the masterclasses because quite soon after I joined, um, I had a stupid little accident, broke my foot, and I was laid up for about six weeks. And so rather than watching Netflix, I... Um, had the dog settling at my feet and just watched back-to-back masterclasses, dog and duck recordings. And I learned so much and learned about a lot of you people. Um, so that was good. Now I really like the dog and duck. You always learn something. And to be able to sort of basically be in a pub talking about dogs with like-minded people, but not leaving the house is my perfect night in. Mine too, I'm absolutely with you on that one. And I think that our masterclasses are a bit like Netflix. You know, you couldn't watch them all in one go. You've just got to keep on going in and, and finding something to like watch or like follow almost like a little series and then move on to the next. It, there is something there to keep you going all the time, isn't it? Definitely. Do you think now though, like the, the for the dog and duck, I, I'm sure you probably do feel like me a little bit like this. Where we haven't had large numbers of dogs, listening to everybody else, I feel like I'm living other people's experiences, so I'm learning from them as well. Yes. But what I find so good and so helpful is that, you know, all the experts are just really kind, really friendly. There's never a stupid question. And they might say, you know, I've got 18 dogs, you've only got one, but they always want to help and give support. And um, yeah, just really encouraging. 
yeah, we've been very blessed with all our experts, mm -hmm. I think. So to finish off uh, our little chat this evening, before we go on to our sort of Society Squad guest Q&A, which is our, our next thing, what are your top tips for newbies in the Gundog world? I think the top tips, and to be honest, they're things I've learned since being a member of your group, is that um, always deal with the dog in front of you. Even if it's your only dog, you can't generalise. I sort of, back in the day, um, I was always that mind of, you know, a dog is a dog and then it's a breed and then it's who they are. But I can really see now that actually that dog's character and temperament is almost the first thing you need to look at for doing your training. Um, I've also found it really beneficial to be able to just say anything, ask any questions without seeming silly. Um, the other great thing is that I've, through the group and through Joe Cuddy, um, I've met Claire, been to Claire for some training, and that has been fantastic. And I've always enjoyed training, but she makes it ultra enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, again, we'd like, we've got Claire down in the south with yourself. We've got Sam of Wales and Southwest. We've got Jem in the middle. And we've got uh, Em doing a sterling job in Cambria, the north, and sort of Scotland, bless her. They're all really, really helpful, aren't they? And I think that's what makes it yeah. unique. Really helpful, really nice. And I think there was a... I think it was either a dog and duck or a Q&A ages ago when someone said there's no such thing as a stupid question. If you asked which end to put the kibble in, nobody would laugh. They'd just say, try the front in a yeah. nice way. And that sort of sums it up. Fantastic. Well, I hope that everybody listening in the open community, this has been really helpful to them. Thank you, Min, for doing it. Because I know it's a lot to keep on asking our Society Squad members to sort of come in and, and put their information forward and tell people a little bit about their stories. Not always the most... Um, it, it makes me a little bit nervous every time I come on here. People don't believe it, but it really, really <laughs> does. So thank you so much for that. Thank you to everybody listening. Thank you to those who were giving us some little hearts and some comments. Thank you, Claire, for all your little hearts. Um, I'm sure Min will see them later. And thank you, Joe, for your hearts too. And um, I shall see you probably, Min, in the next 15 minutes over in the other group. So yeah, will do. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. Good Bye. Good evening, ladies. Welcome to another uh, episode of Meet the Member. This is our third week of doing these now, where we bring to you society members who have been with us from a range of different amounts of time, and they talk to you, the open community, about why they join, why they love gun dogs, etc. So this evening, we are going to be chatting to Lucy Hall. Welcome, Lucy. Hi, hi. So well. Lucy's been in the group for quite a while probably like maybe the start was it i think so i mean i remember seeing um i remember seeing the posts and everything on instagram and facebook and i was just kind of silently watching away um and then i one of my spaniels a young spaniel of mine is quite a pocket rocket and it's been interesting training her and i just thought you know what i could yeah it would be really good to get into a group like this and that's where it all started really and the main reason why i yeah, join the LWDG, so. And I suppose the really fab thing about it is that you started out as a member, but now sort of you're a featured expert. You do lots of different bits mm -hmm. with us. You're a HPR pro, everybody. I've said that live now. So if you ever <laughs> need anything HPR, you probably all know this already because she's really, uh, Lucy's really busy in the groups anyway. But um, yeah, we, she's our HPO go-to lady for anything in that area. Um, so let's start with a few questions that we're going to ask because we've only got a really short amount of time. So Lucy, tell us a little bit 
how, how did you get into gun dogs to begin with? What's your background? Um, so I've basically grown up with it. Um, my dad um, has always uh, trialled and worked pointers and setters. So it's, yeah, the English pointers and setters. Um, and then we've always had uh, Springer Spaniels as well. So um, I've been involved with shooting ever since I was about seven because we had a, um, my dad had a group of friends all in a syndicate on a kind of local farm shoot and we've actually it's still going now so um so yeah that was my uh, season through the winter so got involved shooting that way and then i suppose with the successes and pointers uh we trialed them we uh, shot over them as well and so that's really where the kind of yeah love of gun dogs grew really um and i was actually quite late to the game getting my own dog because i didn't get one until i was 30 uh when my mum gave a uh, bred a litter of springers and uh gave me uh one of those um but i'm now up to four i have two springers and two english setters so uh, yeah so collecting along as i think most of us yes, end up I think doing. I, might I might have to put the stuff on at the moment though <laughs> so obviously you said that you saw the lwdg on like instagram was it instagram said or was it on facebook was i think it was us, exactly. instagram and facebook yeah fab and and what made you sort of want to become a member because obviously we've got the open community that we're live in right now but there's obviously the society squad um which is a uh, squad makes it sound quite like we're a big sort of tackling team but we we're just the same ladies as in the open community helping one another in, the, in a smaller community what made you want to become a member in there I think it's really just to um, find out more and gain more um, advice and tips from all the experts um, and also be able to be part of a community. Um, and we are all so supportive and that's both in the, uh, the squad as well as the open community. That's what's so lovely about it. Everyone is just fully supportive and I've picked up little tips just from reading people's, you know, stories about oh, i'm having this kind of problem can you can you help so i always read down all the comments if i can chip in anywhere i will but otherwise you know i get lots of lots from that as well so um yeah it was really just that whole community that i really wanted to be a part of fantastic so lucy what are your top tips for newbies in the gundog world right what i'd say is take your time be patient um we can't get from a to b in you know two quick steps it's going to take time you've got to realize that you can have your good days and your bad days um likewise with the dogs and you might go three steps forward one step back five steps forward three steps back um but also one tip i got uh, told was don't train the dog in your head train the dog in front of you and oh my god that's so true because with my young span my younger spaniel i had this vision of what i wanted um but you know i and i was training the dog in my head not not in front of me and so i made quite a lot of mistakes and now i'm kind of going back over them and you know getting a better bond with her um but yeah and also i'd say you've got to be consistent um consistent firm and and patient um i'm learning i'm doing something slightly different with uh, my youngest english setter than what i did with my older one and he didn't you know he has taken time and i know they take time to mature um but it's just not thinking that everything's got to be just done straight away and dogs take so long some dogs take and breeds take so long to mature and learn things and sometimes you'll just it'll suddenly just click into place and you're just like oh wow <laughs> um 
God, he's got it. <laughs> um, after you've kind of been painstakingly going through it. Um, but I, I've had it before. I've got, you know, got cross, got frustrated. Um, but you've just got to take a deep breath and go, yeah, it's okay. And start again. Um, yeah. It's really funny you said that because I put up a little clip today out of a podcast that we've been doing about working with a dog in front of you that's coming out in two weeks time. And as I I, obviously I get to listen in to the amazing experts while we're doing it but then once I'm editing it and transcribing it and checking all that I get to listen to it over and over again and I think oh my god like even in the I think it's 27 minutes long it's like nugget after nugget after nugget of tip I think well if I just sat and listened to this I could probably have trained my dog far better <laughs> but yeah it's that that idea of working with a dog in front of you um is so important to learn isn't it Mm, hugely and you know every dog is different you might have trained one dog in a particular way and then you get another dog but it's so different that some of the uh, ways you use to train the first one doesn't actually work with the second one so you've just got to and you've got to be really adapt uh, be able to adapt as well um adapt adapt in certain conditions certain you know environments um but just above all just enjoy it um i know sometimes you know, if I, I must say, I've learned from talking to people, um, if you're in a bad mood or you've just had a hard day at work or you're tired, I do not go out and train. Um, I have done it and it's not, it's stupid. <laughs> it's a really silly thing to do. Just either don't take the dog out or just go and have some fun with it. Um, because I've been there, got the t-shirt and I've gone out and I've just after about 15 minutes i'm like why am i doing this it's not fair on the dog hugely but it's also not just not you know it's not enjoyable so you know yeah. go go back inside lie on the sofa do what you need to do go and get a large glass of red wine or something <laughs> and um yeah so so how do you use your society squad membership because as we've grown obviously there's loads of different sections of it how how does it work for you i do um, I haven't recently, but what I was doing, it's just uh, work's been rather busy, but I used to just love going and it's all the, it's all the, the masterclasses and everything that you've got access to. Um, I did a lot of the, hot, uh, went through the Hot Mess Handler, did all of that. Um, I love, um, and again, I haven't been to a few, but the Dog and Dark, absolutely love it. I just think it's a brilliant um, pub to have. Um, <laughs> we're all like-minded everyone's again very supportive of one another and there's always good tips that are coming out even if they may not be something that you're having a problem with at the time but you know three or four weeks later you might be having exactly the same thing and you're just like oh actually yeah that came up um i think the dog and duck is yeah best thing really i, I really enjoy it um but also it's just being able to um get to, get to know people as well um, I also have been to see quite a few of the um, experts, Emma, J um, Sam, Thornycroft Taylor I see a lot, been to see Claire Denyer about things and it's just been, it's just really nice to be able to get to know everyone and just be able to just talk dogs basically because outside of my, uh, outside, not many, people think I'm bonkers because I spend a lot of time with my dogs and I absolutely love them, I have a passion for them and yeah where else can you come and talk dogs and your problems and everything with them so. yeah 
I think I drove my, drive my husband mad yeah. on like Wednesday nights with like Q&A and with dog and ducks. I say, I'll be just an hour. I'll, you'll get me food. And I'll be, I want to see every an hour. And I was like, almost <laughs> Exactly. We could, go on, we could go on for ages talking dogs. <laughs> so but easy. always good stuff out of it. Um, so how have you, um, now that you know, you've been a society member for quite a while, you're going to be doing a podcast with us next month. Uh, we've already recorded it and it'll be going live on grouse counting. So that's going to be something, yeah, absolutely. Ladies, be prepared to have your mind blown. I was like, what is grouse counting? But you have to listen to the podcast to get all the details out of it. You will absolutely adore it. But when you're not surrounded by dogs or, to- or grouse counting, what do you do in your business? Because this isn't your main thing, is it? You're not a trainer. No, no. I, um, I've actually, I've got an events company um, that I've had for the last five and a half years. Um, and I've always been in events, bizarrely. Um, started out doing more kind of country pursuit stuff and then obviously um, moved and uh, worked for a few um, companies' agency side uh, before I set up my own my own company and so that's basically what I do I work with a lot of corporates and private clients um organizing experiences retreats conferences team building dinners you name it um I do it um and so yeah it's just really not it's sometimes quite weird because my life and work is very much the kind of corporate side but yet it's completely different to me um I don't think clients of mine believe that I basically wear wellies and really muddy trousers and rubbish clothes all day which I do and I will go to meetings on zoom basically quickly having changed a top from you know just come in hair everywhere from being outside and you know with the dogs and everything um and uh yeah if if my clients actually knew what I did properly um outside of business life I think they'd have a bit of a giggle (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so obviously I follow you on Instagram because Mm -hmm. It makes me want to be your PA, it really does, because you go to the most amazing places to check I them out you, for events. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, look at this beautiful place she's in now. Um, but what is your Instagram handle if people want to sort of talk to you yeah. about events or um, talk to you about HPRs? Sure, I've got to, I've got two actually. I spend most of my time obviously on my business, which is at Lucy Claire Events, and that's Claire with an A-I-R-E. Um, uh, but then I also have a personal one, which I don't go on so, so much. And truth be told, I'm going to have to quickly look it up because I don't know it off my heart. It's basically Lucy Hall 51. Um, <laughs> but that's where mainly I put more of my dog stuff. But um, yeah, I go on there rarely. But if anyone wants to contact me, that's the best way to do it. Fantastic. Well, thank you for giving your time for the podcast. And thank you very much for giving your time and um, going live with us in the open community. I hope the open community are really, really enjoying these. Give us some hearts, give us some likes, give us some comments, you know, all that type of stuff. It's really, really good. And when you do that, when you like like things and and, and comment, it means that um, Facebook algorithm will show this to other members in the community because right now it only shows 10% and says what do these 10% think of it and if you don't give it love they don't show it to the other 90% so <laughs> some some top tips there if you're trying to build like a social media presence like everything um, but not your own you mustn't do that I had a row the other day and <laughs> um, my Charlotte, Charlotte my daughter said to me don't like your own posts I was like well I don't I don't mean to I just do and she's like no you get shadow banned it sounds quite dramatic I never but, knew that I 
won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow burn flag. But right, so um, thank you very much for joining us for this evening. We're going to end this call and this live now. For those of you who are in the Society Squad and listening, if you pop on over to your calendars, there's a link, and in 15 minutes we will be doing a live question and answer with the four experts who did the positive reinforcement and minimal aversion training masterclass this month, which wasn't just a masterclass, it was like a three hour conference. Um, but yeah, if you've got any questions from watching that masterclass or any cost, uh, questions about positive reinforcement and minimal aversion training, head over and you can join in with us now. So thank you very much again, Lucy, and we shall see you all soon. Good night. Yep, night. Good evening ladies, welcome to a LWDG Meet the Member. Now we don't do these as a regular slot but when we do do them they are absolutely so interesting and we learn so much about our community members. This week we are going to be talking to Julia Griffiths. How are you Julia? I'm very well thank you Jo. So Julia you've been very very kind to go live on um, Facebook in the open community, our big community it makes me nervous and I'm sure you're feeling a little nervous as well, but please don't. Everybody loves to hear a little bit about our members and how we sort of got into everything. So before we go into like your journey recently, tell me about your back background again, dogs. Like how long have you been involved in them? Well, I suppose I first came into gun dogs with when I used to go and stay with my godmother in Sussex and she had spaniels and they used to go shoot her husband used to shoot and she used to work spaniels and I just got riveted by it so I used to join the beating line and that's really where I started fantastic and obviously when you were doing this your own dogs or somebody else's dogs no no I didn't have a dog at that stage I was in my teens so we didn't get our well I've had other dogs during my growing up years but I didn't get my first gun dog till my boys were about six or seven and that was a chocolate lab fantastic and started shooting and um i thought oh this should be this is my opportunity <laughs> so a lot of people i know who've got chocolate labs adore them and say they're fantastic on the shooting field others saying maybe not so much they're one of those sort of breed <laughs> colors that are people don't can't decide whether they're in or out a little bit like marmite how did you find your brown brown labrador <laughs> well I chose them because they were from a working line and I think that's where people have a misconception um, a lot of chocolate Labradors are coming out show lines and hence they are quite different um, looks wise as well as temperament I think and ability so I was very pleased with mine um, she worked really well what I hadn't appreciated to how stubborn they were and um, this was my training journey but um, no she was she was lovely absolutely devoted to what she wanted to do um it was me hanging on the end sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find the ladies working dog group how did you become part of our community well it must have been soon after you started and i think it was something on facebook and i thought oh that looked interesting and i clicked onto it and thought ah oh, this could be really helpful and also a way of um sh sharing what i do or um experiencing what things that other people have done so I thought this was a good way to start so you found our sort of larger community mm. what was it that made you want to become a society squad member what what, what, what was it that made you want to make that step in mm. 
I suppose because I've found it a very male dominated um, world before I started doing more with my dog. Um, and I thought, I don't really want to ask that question or I feel that's a bit silly and it may be obvious to them, but not to me. So I felt it was a place I could ask something that I thought was silly, but probably <laughs> wasn't, was not at all. So I felt very comfortable about that. I thought that was good. Good reason yeah, to, to we join. have the ethos there's no such thing as a stupid question no. <laughs> and i adore that about this group is the fact that we can say you know promotionally we've we've got this ethos you know marketing material can make you look one way and it's not yeah. in other ways but we really do don't we you know mm. people aren't scared to ask the simplest of things mm. because we all remember we were once at the beginning of our journey yeah and quite often you you forget as well you think oh gosh i should should be doing that or someone mentions something and you go oh i know why that is and you and then you can help someone else do that so i thought it's been very helpful fantastic so what are your top tips for newbies in the gun dog world well i think i hit on it straight away there's no such thing as a silly question and just go and ask people and go to different people because different people have different ideas and have different backgrounds, but are they always bringing something to you? And I think you can then decide what your uh, your how your personality actually um, reflects on your dog and makes you a better handler. So oh, I go to I go to several different trainers and I pick lots of different things and I think mm, maybe not that, but actually I think I'll try that. Uh, and that's a really good attitude to have, isn't it? To mm. be able to learn from many because not everything fits with with you straight away. Mm. And somebody might say something, I definitely find it all the time. Somebody explains something to me, I don't particularly get it. Somebody explains the same thing to me, but maybe the same way. And I'm like, I get it from you. But it's, that's just how we learn, isn't it? It is. And people have a different way of putting things across. And unless you're on that same wavelength as you say you may not get it that way but someone else does so i think just even if you take one thing away from a training session then you you've increased your knowledge and your experience so. yeah definitely my mum says to me all the time i've told you that before but especially <laughs> when i'm telling her how somebody had a wonderful idea she's like i have told you that i'm like have you <laughs> yeah so how have you used your society squad memberships? Which part have you found the most helpful? Well, for me, I'm not very technologically based. So I like the fact I can go into a masterclass and, you know, check things that I'm, perhaps I'm doing. I think I'm doing okay, but actually I may have missed something out on, on that process. Um, they are very helpful. I also like the dog and duck because that is just a great way to chat to other people that we're all coming singing from the same hymn sheet and everybody can chip in and that's it so it's a real conversation um lots of the other bits of the group i don't interact with and i know it sounds ridiculous but i don't have time <laughs> time is always against us when you're doing so much with your own dogs or you're working or family or whatever so i just sort of pick and choose the things that i really enjoy to be fair and that's what's lovely. It's a little bit like Netflix. Nothing goes away. So even if <laughs> you can't do anything with it for this week, next mm. week, you can still see everything that happened this week. Yeah. I know you've recently moved to a, a new part of the country. How are you finding that? 
oh, loving it. It's one of those things that um, you wish you'd done years ago, but life doesn't make that happen. So now we've come to a place near Exmoor where we've got plenty of land. Um, I've now got five spaniels, um, all of different ages. My oldest one's 11, the youngest is 11 months. So my idea is that I've now got facilities to be able to train them. Um, and there's a couple of people who I knew before who have belonged to different gun dog clubs. And a couple of the clubs are now coming with their groups actually to train on the land. So I now know I've got something that I can offer which is really great because I want to be able to share that really. <laughs> I'm so fortunate. Well, without doubt, we'll probably be down to you because we've got the ability now that not COVID's over, but mm. COVID is imposing such a, a threat for us to get around the, the country a little bit more. So yeah. hopefully we can come down to, to your way and, and meet the world that side. Um, Thank you very, very much for doing this with us. If people want to get hold of you, like on Facebook and things, or is this some way if people want to talk to you about like you the land or about spaniels? How do they get hold of you? Oh well, um, I'm not on Facebook um, in my work, but I do have a single page uh, website page called White Rush Gun Dogs, um, and people can contact me through that. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being a meet member. Um, What's the word? It's not, I'm the host. I can't think what the word is now. And that's a guest. You're my guest. Fantastic. Thank you for being a guest. Um, we'll leave this call here now because in 15 minutes time, we have a guest Q&A all about recall. So um, for those of you who are Society Squad members and listening, please join in one of that. And Julia, thanks once again. And without doubt, we will see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Jo. Bye. Bye. So, hi, Sir Holly, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for being a my guinea pig, this little um, this little session, but also our first ever one. Now, before we started this, I looked into um, your account with us, and you have been a member for 938 days. So I was like, wow, you must have been one of the first people to join. But before we get into that, Let's chat a little bit about how you, um, your background in gun dogs. So, um, I've, my dad uh, used to go shooting, um, and then um, I, start, I got my very first dog. It wasn't a gun dog, it was a beagle, because I seen cats and dogs, and I loved that, and I thought, I need a beagle. Um, great reason to buy a beagle, not. Um, <laughs> and then that was a learning curve from there. I had to, te- I had to train them myself. Um, I'm self-taught completely, and then um, I just, I love shooting, I love going out and shooting, and I thought, I want to expand this more, so then I thought, let's go get my own dog, and um, the local gamekeeper um, had a litter of pups, and my partner sent me a picture and went, okay, I'll buy you a puppy, and I was like, okay, <laughs> so I went along, and um, I got my first gun dog, and that Fantastic. was sick. Um, so, so how did you find the LWDG? So how did you become our sort of friend? So um, I was really looking for a group um, to like really get something constructive um, on Facebook about like training uh, gun dogs and that. And I just came across you guys one day and I was like, oh, this looks really good. So had we nosy and I thought I want to be a part of this. 
And you are you are part of it in, in a big way. Not long, not only have you been a long term member, but you're also an LWDG brand ambassador. But what made you become a Society Squad member? Um, I just wanted to be more involved further. Just, just be more involved with the group, um, and learn, uh, learn more as well. Because obviously, when you're a Society member, then you get to really uh, listen to um, the experts and then like the dog and duck uh, sessions they're great I love them they're absolutely great because then you just kind of sit and listen if you don't have a specific question you can just sit and kind of listen to every saying what they're having issues with and I, I find that's a good way to learn as well because then when the experts come in and explain what they would want to do and would advise you it's like ah, oh, okay that's a good idea I've never thought of that but then it might not be a particular issue I have, but it might be something I come across. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's a good way Just I, I really think it's a, it's a really good way to learn and expand your knowledge. Definitely. I fully agree with you. I've learned so much in Dog and Duck. So Dog and Duck is our virtual like pub because with COVID we couldn't meet up. So we've got this like virtual live coaching pub. And what I found there is exactly what you've said is a little bit like, I can sort of almost prevent stuff, not completely, because obviously dogs are dogs, but I can sort of see things and maybe if my dog's a few steps ahead or, or, or a few steps away from, and then I can say, ah, right, I need to be aware of that when I when I get to that type of thing. Um, yeah. So what are your newbies for people in the gun dog world? Like the society group, we've got new members and we've got new owners, and within the open group, we've got loads of new owners. So what are your sort of top tips for them? It's not easy. If anybody says to you specific breeds are easy, it's not. It's complete nonsense. I mean, I've got Labradors, but I'm pretty sure one of my labs is a Spaniel in a Labrador's coat. I'm like, this thing's a nutter. But um, yeah, just hunker down. And you just have to go with the roll with the punches. Um, you will have days where a basic command will be like asking your dog to climb Everest, and you want to stand and scream, but that is the worst thing you could do. That's the worst thing you could do. I always, I try not to get too riled with my two. Um, the best thing is just try stay calm, stay level-headed, and just. I actually do. I take a minute. If my two decide to run about for a bit, I'm like, right, I'll just turn around, take a deep breath. Let's start again. And it works. It definitely works. Um, get a good slip lead as well. Definitely. And do not, I I really, ha I implemented this um, rule with myself before, when I got my first lab. If I ask you to do something, you should want to do it, not because you're getting a treat. I do not plough my boys' retreats. They will get a reward when they have been exceptionally well, and they know that. So then they work and they work and they work, and then they'll get. And I try my, I try to, um, I get them really good treats as well. I get them like venison sausages, and they've got their Skinner's, uh, Skinner's treats, and that they absolutely love. Um, and then, um, yeah, and also. Try to differentiate training with playtime. Really yeah. implement downtime. 
I've really implemented that with my two because I've seen friends and like being out in the shoots with the gamies and that some of their dogs just don't switch off and I just think it's really sad um, that the dog can't relax and I know people have issues there is dogs out there that just are like always wired um, but I really implemented that when we're in the house it's calm time you can relax you can play with your toys do what you want but they know when we're in the field they change it's it's amazing how they change and they're like right where are the birds where are the rabbits <laughs> I'm like okay calm down <laughs> There's some really lovely tips there for new members um, and for people who've been here for quite a while. So mm. since you became a society member, how do you how do you use your membership? Um, well, I just, I really, well, like I said earlier about dog and duck, um, with obviously our calendar, it's great because then you've also got your blogs in that as well. So you can just sit and listen to them when you've got a minute. Um, and then um, like dog and duck sessions, they're great as well because then you're getting loads of different information. Um, and like say, like I was saying earlier, people come in with different issues. They've got different breeds of dog. It's interesting to learn about different breeds of dog as well. That's what I quite like about it. Um, I've not, I was part of the lockdown competitions. Um, the good thing about society is I feel like it's pushing me more to, um, because I feel like if we aren't pushed, we won't, our dogs then won't be pushed and then they won't they won't um they won't grow yeah they won't, they won't get better because I know that my two can do so much more but I just need to be like right well what can I do with you how do I get there and I think being a society member really helps that because um we have like the the certificates which I'm going to be doing and it's just really pushing yourself out of that comfort zone but at the same time you've got the support yeah. Well, it's not like you're jumping into the abyss and going, what is happening here? You've actually got that support there as well. So yeah, it doesn't look that bad. I think that's what's really nice about the working dog certificates and, and part of the reason why um, it was suggested and why we set it up. It's like it allows you to have a go at testing yourself and testing your dog and giving yourself a benchmark without you feeling the pressure of being like, on a day, lots of people watching you. It's just, it's just, you know, it's it's a start of a lay of a ladder of progression, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we want to keep these really short and sweet, um, because I could chat to you all night. You all know that already. So how do people, if they want, you know, they've met you, we've met member, they've met a brand ambassador, which is fantastic as well. If people want to, you know, get hold of you or chat to you, how's the different ways they can do that, Holly? Um, so you can just give me a message on uh, Messenger um, or WhatsApp. Um, I don't actually know. You have to have a number for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Messenger's good. Yeah. <laughs> I always answer the messages that get sent, and I always answer them. Um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 probably the best way to get me actually. Yeah. And you and you've also you. You work your dogs, obviously, and you, you're enjoying this for yeah. the hobby and the sport, but you also yeah. work in the countryside as well. Um, no, actually, I, um, I, well, actually, I've just, I actually was a manager of a craft shop. Right. That's what I've done. Yeah. Um, I would love to have a job in the countryside and just do, I've been brought up in the countryside on the farm and stuff like that. So I would, if somebody said to me, right, 
come like if my uncle said come work on the farm I'd be like right see you later I'm away <laughs> I'd definitely be there or like because I'd done lambing in that as well again I'd be up the hill doing that definitely I'd be spooning um but yeah no that's what I done but now I am a free agent because my post ended just a couple of weeks ago so yeah so things are changing a bit but I feel good brilliant I don't have any anxiety about what's happening there's a lot of way to be happening this year with me um well with my business as well I've got a small business called called Into Heal right the small business is your countryside-based business, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was born in a field, um, in the middle of a field while training my dogs. Because uh, I was constantly shouting at, uh, well, not, not shouting, but saying to Ferg, get into heel, get into heel. And then I looked down, I don't know why, just one of these moments I have, looked at my heel and went, looked at my ankle and thought, that'd be quite cool in a pair of leggings. And then that was it born. Four of the friends said, can you write these down for me? I'm standing in a field. So she wrote it all down. I said, right, send it back. So she sent it back. And then that was it. Within a week, I had my logo, which is my two boys. I designed that. It's actually their heads overlapping each other. And it's in their colours. Right. And um, yeah, and it's it's basically, I was also listening to what the ladies are saying in the group as well, like over lockdown, that there's a lot of, a lot of ladies have kids and um not everybody has disposable income and when you're in this uh lifestyle there is a lot of clothing out there it costs a lot of money and you think well not everybody has all that and yeah. sometimes it is a luxury yeah it is a luxury to have certain things so i thought i can do this i can like develop um comfortable affordable clothing for the countryside so you can just chuck on go out into the field, walk the dogs, or if you're going out for a coffee or just going for a walk, and it's just comfortable, cosy clothing that just looks nice. And I my, I tried to keep it with the seasons, so the colours that are in my ranges, I reflect what's in the countryside at the time. So mm-hmm. it kind of goes along with it, in a sense. Um, yeah, so and how, I've got... So a how do you find that? People want to visit your website or your Facebook, where do they find that? And um, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, in Tehill because I'm Scottish. Wow. <laughs> okay, that really, thank you for being our very first ever person doing this live. It's very brave of you. We were going to do it to the five five and a half thousand, so I'm sure we would have been very, very nervous, but it's been lovely to do it to the society group um, and we'll post it out into the open community as well. I can chat um, to everybody, it's all right. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm just going to end the live now. You're just gonna bear with me because I'm not even sure how we do that anymore. Um, but thank you for everyone listening and um thank you, Holly. And we shall see you all next week with another Meet the Member. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Meet the Member. My name is Joe Parrott. I'm the founder of the LWDG. And every now and then we pop into the open community to have a little conversation with one of our fantastic Society Squad members about how they got into gun dogs, what they use their uh, membership for, lots and lots of lovely questions. So joining me today is Alison Smythe. How are you, Alison? I'm good, thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for doing this with me because we all get a little bit nervous. Even I get nervous doing this and I'm sure you're feeling a little bit like hot seated there. Yep, just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your background in gun dogs. 
how did you get into getting dogs? Um, I was a late starter. We didn't really have dogs much at home. Um, I, I rode a bit, but um, apart from that, it really wasn't until my mid-20s when I um, was in a position, had a house that I could have my own dogs. I'd been a vet nurse and I'd been smitten with the vets working labs and always, always wanted working black labs. So I um, had my first in my late 20s, joined a local gun dog club, um, in the days where you paid 50p and you went once every fortnight or something like that and learned alongside a keeper. Um, but never with the intention of, of doing full on, on sort of picking up or anything. I did a few walk up days with friends on farms, but it was mostly about the relationship between a working dog and handler and that team thing and learning together and learning a new skill. That's what really fascinated me. Um, so I had her and then I, I had a litter of puppies and kept one of the pups. So I had two for a while um, and then finally lost my, my second lab about seven years ago and then had a gap and I had about five years of no, no dogs, which was weird, but yeah. That must so. have been very strange when you're used to having them around you and actively doing things with them, you know, them being part of your hobbies, your lifestyle. Um, what brought you sort of back into it? What helped you to find the LWDG? Um, well, uh, life settled down again. Stepdaughter left school and so all the crazy things we've been doing running around the country. Time was right. So I knew I wanted to dog again, but I wanted to go the rescue route. I was very conscious there were a lot of dogs uh, that needed homes and I felt I had the skills to uh, settle a dog little did I know. What I was looking for was a middle-aged, possibly retired, possibly early retired Labrador to see me into retirement. What I got was, and I wanted one, what I got was two sibling, 18 month old, working Cocker Spaniels. So completely opposite to what you wanted. Um, Absolutely. Straight away having to deal with these guys were probably besties because they've been together all their life. Yeah, and this was, they landed with me two weeks before the first lockdown. So no access to trainers, um, just locked up in my little small cottage with my other half who, these were gonna be my dogs, he wasn't gonna have much to do with them. I had suddenly had to learn about um, littermate syndrome, these bonded dogs that were not interested in us at all. They'd been put in a barn for a good few months, not exercise, not let out. So every sound, every squeak, it just blew their minds. Um, high prey drive, all these things I didn't really <laughs> know about, suddenly I was faced with and I was completely out of my depth, completely. So did had, was you already part of like the open LWGG community or did this was this the reason you sort of found us? Absolutely. Go on the internet, start looking, go down a few blind alleys of, of different ways of teaching that just wasn't right for these dogs at all. And what I also kept thinking, well, I know how to train the basics. I know how to do it. But what I couldn't get was the how with these dogs. I'd, I'd had puppies, I'd had Labradors, uh, you know, it was just completely different. And then about six months down the line, when I was on my fourth breakdown, crying after a walk, saying to my partner, I can't do this, these dogs are going to have to go back, I can't, and him saying, no, you can do it. I found you guys. And what a revelation. 
um, and suddenly things started feeling a little bit more hopeful and bright. So did you come into straight into the society or how, you know, what was your process in there? Fairly quickly. I think I came via the website rather than Facebook to start with. Um, so I think I came that route from memory. was looking at the Hot Mess Handler course quite intently, um, but decided to join because I could see there were so many elements that actually I was really going to make use of all of this. So I joined quite quickly. Um, ferreting around through the website, there's so much there. Um, so I started on masterclasses, but fairly quickly I found your mentorship section yeah. and thought whoa really I can really access these people and they might help me and lo and behold yes they did um, the lovely Claire I hooked up with Claire and did six weeks uh, which was just oh my gosh she just kind of held me together um, for a bit um, and got me started and then I just, yeah, then I, I hooked into the hot mess handler and that's, that again gave me, just reassured me, yes, you do know what, but what Claire was helping me with was the, was the how with these dogs, the working with the dog in front of you. That's one of my absolute golden nuggets that I've learned because I've got two completely different dogs and yeah. I have to work completely differently with Pi and Bella. I've got a reactive one. I've got a naughty one but lovable um so uh, and they're quite sensitive so um yeah i've got poles apart dogs uh, and then i've got a third dog when they get together when they get together it's like having a third dog <laughs> i can absolutely understand that <laughs> so for people who are listening to this and they're like i'm new to the gun dog world for you you were almost in a bizarre way new twice wasn't you what tips do you have for them um, don't be frightened to ask questions, particularly in this forum. I too was members on, on Facebook groups with gun dog forums and found them really, really intimidating. And I still get intimidated, I have to say, and not by you guys, but just my own lack of confidence. Um, but what I find is when I ask a question or put a post about, yay, we've actually managed to achieve this today. It's the tiniest step, but for us it's big. You just get so much love and support back that boosts your confidence and belief in yourself that actually you can do this. Um, I think that, and that boosts of confidence, I think we can have so many times that are frustrating that having people celebrate your success, however small, it keeps you going through the frustration, doesn't it? Absolutely, and seeing other people's, and I think also as I've grown in confidence and Claire's support, I'm working with her still, um, she encourages me to put what I think is ridiculously small. For goodness sake, I've had these dogs for two years now and we're still working on the real fundamental basics, but they're coming, they're getting it. And when I think back to this time, not even this time last year, but this month, this time, the beginning of the year, the things we couldn't do that I can now do. Um, and I've just started trying to do walks together. It blows my mind, but we can do about five minutes um, before it all goes a bit pear-shaped. There's no way I could have contemplated doing that at the beginning of the year. So you've mentioned within the society you use the, the mentorship, you've been using the masterclasses. Are there other areas that you access that you, you adore that, that are important to you? Um, the other areas that I use really, I really try hard to get to Dog and Duck as regularly as I can. Um, not because I have a question, rarely, because I never feel 
that I'm got necessarily up to that stage of asking questions, but more, I learned so much. I mean, there was talking to up last night and it was talking about um, trials and tests. Well, the chances of me doing a trial and test are kind of like on the blue moon, but boy, did I learn so much. And I learned stuff that's still relevant to my training, Absolutely. even though I don't anticipate ever doing a, a test or a trial. I come away from every single dog and duck and I'm like, why have I never thought about that? You know, every single time. And I think we are, we're spoiled for choice almost. We've got so many wonderful trainers who collaborate and support each other. And even if they don't train the same way, they'll add to layers of our understanding. And I just, every single time I come away and I think, hmm, that, that has got so much you can learn. If you just sat and, and watched that one hour, you would learn more about dog Absolutely. training than maybe you would in a month. And not only the trainers who are exceptional, but the other members, they all have stuff to bring. Last night we had a have a different voice on the HPRs, which we don't always hear from. And that was absolutely fascinating. Um, I don't have one, um, I may never have one, but I'm still fascinated to learn and see the parallels and where things come from. So yeah, now I find that. And the other thing that I do try and really catch up on is pod dog. I love that. It's short. I can fit it in amongst other things. Um, and yeah, I, I love it. Pod Dog came out of nowhere and it's, it's available for everyone. So everybody who's listening in the open community, they can listen into the to our podcast, uh, podcast, LWDG Pod Dog. It came out of nowhere. And I think it's one of the bits, I love all of what we do, but I really love it because we, we talk about so many topics yeah. that affect what we do with our dogs that isn't always exactly how to do this no absolutely and in fact rarely are they how to do that very often very, there can be personal stories um you know you can laugh along with one and be crying along with the next one um yeah they they're yeah so so varied and you can pick and choose and listen again or get different things out of them at different times so Thank you so much for coming on here tonight and doing this. Um, we have a Hot Mess Handler live now, so we are going to pop off here and go on to that. But if anybody wants to like chat to you or ask you more or ha ha can relate to your story with your uh, your your caucus, how do they find you on Facebook? Um, uh, well, I have my two spaniels as my Facebook profile, and I'm Alison Smythe on Facebook. Um, I'm not terribly techy, but I'm around, hanging around on Facebook mostly. Fantastic. So we hope you've enjoyed another episode of Meet the Member. Thank you so much, Alison. It's been wonderful. Um, I always love listening to member stories because I don't get a chance to talk to you all individually all the time. And finding out how you came into the LWDG, it's like it's like a little bit of like boosting my system to, to keep on helping others. So thank you so much for that. We're going to leave you all now, ladies, and we'll see you all um, on the next Meet the Member. Good night, all. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. If you are interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning, and keep working with your beloved gun dog. Thank you.